It's the Tahi today, the 5th of September, Tuesday, 2023, just in case you forgot what year it was. So my lord, Evie here. Today is the first show of the week, and this week is Tongan Language Week. Evie, hit us with a little greeting. Maloelele. Congrats. That was that was perfect. We've been practicing good, eh? that this morning. I was been working on it. Maloelele, happy Tongan Language Week. This week's theme uh, of the year, shall we say, uh, is... Uh, well, I, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna keep it a buck with you. I didn't. I tried my best at doing this last night, and it didn't go well. So I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna do it in English for you. But this year's theme uh, roughly translates to the Tongan language will be sustainable if used at home, church, and in the wider community. Again, another week where it's a great opportunity for not only those that are Tongan, um, but also for those who are not Tongan to learn and celebrate a culture that is one of our near and dear sisters, our sibling islands, and also uh, a community that makes up a vast majority of population here in Aotearoa. They make up a good, sizable chunk. So, uh, happy Tongan language week, Lele. Today's phrase, fefeake, which means, fefeake. yeah, it's like saying, uh, like, how are you? And then you'd say back to that, saipe, which means, saipe. like, good. I'm good. Yeah. Saipe kind of sounds like a Korean word, doesn't it? Saipe, kind of. Kind of. A little bit Japanese, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we got our expert in the studio, so yeah. thanks, Evie. Yeah, just a wave. <laughs> Coming up today on the show, we have a ton going on from Celebrity Treasure Island to new music, Father's Day. We've got some illustrious guests like the Meetsies and kicking us off, one of our illustrious guests, uh, Evie, tell us a bit about her. So joining me in a few moments... Uh, totally live. No, I talked to her the other day. Um, Sasha Borisenko, she is a journalist. She predominantly works in law reporting. So mm. a few years ago, she was the journalist who broke the Russell McVeigh stories, if you oh, remember wow, those. Yeah. yeah. So she's she's a real journalist, and she's done an awesome podcast about the facts on fat, obesity, and stigma around that, and where society is at. So I was really excited to talk to her about it so I could whinge about the media. Here she is. Joining me on the show today is the wonderful, the stylish, the never-before-seen, Sasha. Sasha, tell me a bit about yourself and what brings you to my studio today. Oh my gosh, shucks, I'm going to blush. Gosh, I'm Sasha Borisenko and I've just released a podcast looking at fatness in Aotearoa. And really it's just, I guess it's an exploration of trying to untangle all the myths, the history, the science and the misconceptions around fatness. I've been absolutely loving the podcast, I must say. I am obsessed. I keep listening to it in the car and nodding. I'm like, mm, yes, that's correct. And you predominantly work sort of in law and social justice journalism. So what made you want to go, I actually want to get really into figuring out the fat stuff? Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm a woman and um, I guess anyone who, well, anyone you know, experiences and everyone's kind of touched by the weight loss industry and diet culture, um, sometimes fat. And I think about what, six or seven years ago, I was freelancing and I started to look into the wellness industry and was just like, wait, hang on, this isn't stacking up. And then I think, you know, scratching the surface, you're just like, hey, this just doesn't make sense. And it seems so complicated. I just want to learn more about it. And I think with the legal background, I always found it really bizarre that people feel so strongly about fat or fatness or weight gain or not dieting. But it's just, I'm like, why is there such this visceral visceral response from so many people, right? You know, and they're so passionate about it. So I'm like, hang on, there's that. And then I think also from a discrimination point of view, we're not even remotely there yet, but there's kind of a public consensus around 
you know, we accept that there's discrimination with gender, race, sexual orientation, for example, disability. But with fatness, it's not only not acknowledged, it's also encouraged by policymakers. You know, if you're fat, you should lose weight. And if you think about discrimination, there's no other form of discrimination where the goal is to reverse it. So whether it's, you know, sexual orientation, you're not going to, the goal isn't to be a man, for example, which is wild to me. First question, BMI, totally made up or useful tool? From your research, from what you've done on the podcast, what would your opinion be? Well, it's super problematic. It's it's, ridic- it's absurd. I mean, it was made by a guy in the 1800s in Belgium. Um, he was a mathematician. You know, his background was in um, physics. And he was basically just trying to find a mean population of, like, the ideal man, which included everyone from Europe. So that, of course, excludes everyone not from Europe, namely people of colour. And then from then, there was kind of like a, like it wasn't really used. And then in the kind of the turn of the 18, 19 centuries, you've got insurance companies and their whole modus operandi or their goal is to find risk, right? So, you know, to equate risk with whatever, then you can charge people more in terms of insurance premiums. So they basically established like weight charts and they're like, right, if you're this weight, height charts and whatnot, then it seems to be from a population thing that you're more at risk of whatever health conditions. But also note that at this point, they weren't taking into account socioeconomic status, um, any social determinants of health. Yeah, so it's basically, once I'm looking into it, this is kind of where that whole health and fat, that obsession and how it's you know always kind of coupled together started started from. In the 70s, BMI was suddenly, yeah, let's use this, and they started measuring populations and using this really silly measure, which is, you know, weight in kilograms squared by height in metres. Yeah, and it's been used in all of the studies, what's more, well, all of, like, obesity, which is a terrible use to word because, it, um, you know, it says you've got a diseased body. Um, that whole area of study is based off of using the BMI. And what's more, what's absolutely wild, it's bananas, it's self-reported. So it's like, you know, you've got a whole sample of a million people. It's like, okay, you put on a questionnaire form, yeah, this is my BMI. In that case, I'm 22. And then in June this year, the American um, Medical Association came out swinging hard against the BMI, saying it's not only inaccurate, it's also really racist and it's got really problematic roots like historically so why are we using it and actually the issue is this visceral fat which is stuff around the organs i mean i got now getting complicated but it's just like rabbit hole after rabbit i mean it's a minefield yeah it's i always (laughs) thought bmi was like pretty messed up i remember when i was like i was literally 12 yeah and i went to the doctors and they weighed me and did me high and did me bmi and like i was really tall at 12 and pretty much the same high i am now I only grew an inch from 11 to when I was 18. And um, I was I was chubby. You know, I was a chubby 12-year-old. Played sports every weekend, reasonably healthy, reasonably fit. And um, according to my BMI, though, I was obese. And it freaked my parents out to the point that I think that sort of started contributing to the weird diet stuff that ended up... A lot of girls go through that in high school of, you know, going through strange diets, being obsessed with being mm. skinny. And I think that that incidence where your parents who don't... They don't how are they supposed to know anything different, are being told by a doctor, on the scale, your child is obese. And I look at photos of me then, Aww. and I was not... Cute wee cherub. I was just a bit chubby. Like, I was yeah. just a bit chubbed around the face, a little bit chubby. Like, it was nothing 
dramatic or life-threatening in any way. Yeah. Um, but I was made to feel like it was. So totally. I was like, oh, I'm going to die. And then obviously if that had worked, I would be really thin now and I'm not. Um, but this is, I think the, there are so many issues just in that particular example anecdote you've used right number one the world health organization and everyone out there is just like why are we using the bmi for kids it's totally inaccurate also your hormones all over the place i mean you don't even know what's going on you know so there's that issue then you've got the issue of medical bias where the goal is you know lose weight that's the answer to everything and there are so many studies where people go in with you know a torn hamstring or whatever and they're like oh the, the issue is that you, you know it's actually your weight which is not that's irrelevant but it's also like i came here for this particular yeah. issue and you're not really engaging with that particular issue you're engaging with what you're looking at me physically and deciding is what wrong what's wrong with me totally. and it just creates this extreme level of distrust because 100%. it's like although yeah probably i could lose a few kg but i don't really think it's that it's not a priority in my life right now i've got other things to do and so when you go into the doctor because you're like <laughs> i'm sick and they're like well you're also fat it's like well i don't really feel like i want to no go ask you again actually because now i feel shitty well, for no reason i mean funny you should say that because it's really dangerous okay firstly we know that diets don't work there's 30 years worth of science what is it 80 percent of diets you know within a five-year period you know the weight gain you gain the weight back you know there was one study in 2012 that looked at identical twins if you're a woman basically if you what one going on one diet increased your chances of being classified using the bmi which is totally problematic as being overweight you know use it doing two diets or more it meant that you were five times more likely to be overweight right so as soon as you start restricting and you have this kind of morality attached to food it totally messes your system messes up your system and what's more dieting has been named as one of the primary risk factors for eating disorders oh 100 percent, right 100 i mean honestly like diet culture and the diet stuff that i've done in my life and has happened to me has been far more harmful than my weight ever has and like i've always been bigger always it's even when i was at my thinnest and I was straight-sized, and I was wearing a size 10, which at the time felt like the biggest achievement ever, I was still a bigger-looking person because I'm just quite large, I'm quite tall, big thighs, all of that, and it was never enough. And so it got to the point where, you know, all day you're being screamed at by all the media and every, every type mm. of media, you should be thinner, you should be thinner. And I got convinced that um, if I was thinner, all my problems would be solved. Totally. I would have, a, I would have better friends, I would be happy, everyone would be nice to me because... As someone who has been thin and has been fat, people are nice to you when you're thin. It's crazy. But I got so sick. Like, I was ill. I was gaunt. I was eating something ridiculous, like 500 calories a day for, a, like, a substantial period of time. Really messed up shit. And everyone around me, biggest mindfuck ever, is telling me how proud they are of me, mm. how great I look, how happy they are for me. And I was ill. Like, I couldn't do anything. I looked so sick and... It was crazy because I was miserable. I was mentally messed up. I had suicidal thoughts. Because you're not eating, you're miserable. And people were like, you're doing great. I'm so proud of you. And it's this weird thing where I was like, would you, you rather I was thin and dead or happy and fat? And it felt like people would rather I was thin and dead. Totally. And it was yeah. awful. And then one of only one of my friends, bless her, one of them was like, you actually look really sick. What's going on? Like, mm. what's wrong? Because her and I... Another story, anecdote, uh, one of my best friends, tiny girl, best friends all through high school, really petite, really thin, super fast metabolism, lucky, 
we ate the same shit, did the exact oh. same shit for five years, and I got chubby and she didn't. So she knew by seeing me that thin, something was wrong rather totally. than something was right. I know, and I think that's one of the things, right? So you've got this metabolic resting rate, which is, you know, there's all that question like, oh, man, you know, you see it in popular culture, like, oh, they can eat whatever they like. Like, what was that movie with Ben Affleck? Like, oh. Gone Girl. Gone. Oh, Gone Girl. Okay, oh I gosh. thought it was, I was laughing, and my, I went with my sister, and she was just like, you're sick. Because, <laughs> because I was like, this is so... Like, it's so absurd. This is hilarious. Anyway, they've got that, that anecdote where it's like, you're the cool girl, where it's, you know, she eats, she's a size 10, she eats whatever she wants, you know, eats a burger with the dudes, blah, which also kind of raises the issue. Like, we're talking about power and patriarchy and racism throughout all of this. It all stems from capitalism, man. Like Yeah, man. You know, yeah. I mean, of course, like, you, you know, the science says, like, if you're below or above your defended range, you know, what happens... If you diet, your body's going to kick in and you're gonna, it's going to fight for you to be in there. That's how it goes. So it raises the question, like, why is there this morality attached to being thin? It's about power and wealth. Like, if you're thin, you, you know, you reach your, like, clavicle protruding dreams, you'll one day be, you know, idealised in society. And that tends to be white people, right? You've got that issue. And then, so you look at it like the Protestant work ethic is this thing where it's kind of, you know, the foundation of neoliberalism and capitalism which just so happens to be in you know the rise of it in the 80s and 90s with wall street and bloody blah, blah where you've got deregulation with advertising influx of ultra processed fast foods and whatnot and also the influx of diet culture well so anyway so you've got this i'm digressing but you've got this you've got this protestant work ethic which says like if you work really really hard you will one day be able to reach this wealth which is capitalism 101 this is also to do with like thinness and fatness if you work really hard if you diet enough if you exercise enough irrespective of the science you'll one day be thin and then the inverse of that you've got the seven deadly sins so it's all kind of tied into you know christianity which is gluttony and sloth but leads me to my next question which is why does anyone care or why do they think it's their business at all that i'm fat Ooh, I mean, that's a hard one because, I mean, I would argue exactly the same thing. Mm. I find it's kind of what we are talking about at the beginning. It's kind of this irrational, like, wait, no, if you were to question why do we have this fear around fatness or why do you think, you know, what, could you be healthy and fat, quote unquote, how does that really affect you? Like, it literally, like... Like, you're glorifying obesity. That's what people say that to Lizzo. They're like, oh, you're glorifying obesity. This girl's running up and down the stage, playing the flute at the same time, yet they can't acknowledge that they couldn't do that. You're thin, but you couldn't do that. But yeah. they're like, oh, but she's fat, though. And it's like... Well, I think all the, So there's cares? that, what, that um, short circuit in people's minds where they go, fat equals unhealthy equals bad Mm. which is totally absurd like if you just break that down for a second and which i guess this is what the whole podcast is okay let's actually talk about health let's let's talk about the risks and quite frankly the whole associations with diabetes that is just not true there is no conclusive evidence that if you are fat you have diabetes you know now I'm getting really wound up because yeah. it's just so ridiculous to me. Now I'm getting passionate. <laughs> you know, like no one questions this stuff if you're a thin person or straight-sized and you smoke a pack of durries a day or you drink like a fish 
you know? Yeah, no one cares. But then, yeah, if I do it, it's like, we should probably drink less, babe. You're oh, well, you fat. clearly haven't gone for, oh. for, you know, a 20k run. Have you tried just, you know, getting into the gym? It's like, oh, God. We sort of covered it a little bit, but um, Judith Collins, Juco. Talofa. Talofa, Talofa. <laughs> she, uh, you know, said that weight is personal responsibility um, and that we need to sort of get real. And, that it's per- and like, you know, uh, would you agree with that? Is weight down to personal responsibility? Absolutely not. There yeah. is, again, 30 years of research to debunk that. You know, it's, let's look at the change in food environment, number one. You know, hello, right? Personal choice also depends on access. Do you have available, you know, do you have a local supermarket that has accessible food at good prices, which is also really hard to talk about because you don't want to strip people of their agency or their ability to make good choices. And also huge industry, right? So you've got that. Then you've got the genetic element. Hello, like we were talking about before. Some people can eat whatever you want. You could be the cool girl, size 10, eat a burger, chill with the, you know, the the boys. Watch the football, but I'm still skinny. It's different for everyone. And people have different, like, metabolic resting rates. And I think the third thing is, why do we think it's bad? I know. I look great, and I don't know why anyone has a problem with that. I'm, like, really hot. Like, it's crazy because I'm constantly, like, told by media or whatever that I'm not hot. And I know this might sound really narcissistic, but, like, based on my experiences, I am. Girl, People I need some, a piece. Dude, I need some tips, man, because I'm pretty desperado. Honestly, I just woke up one day and decided <laughs> that I was hot, and then I just told people that, and they just believed me. So I think the one thing also with, you know, JC, uh, bless her little cotton soft suits, but, you know, this obsession with personal choice, which is it's your individual responsibility, it is your fault, you could make a change, which even if you did, we know that diets don't work, so that's ridiculous. But what it does is it strips any responsibility of public or policy makers to actually change the food environment. Because actually, parking fat or weight aside, because it actually isn't about that, everyone should have access to healthy food options at affordable prices, irrespective of where you are in the country. And 100%. now I'll get off my little pedestal <laughs> and have a, you know, diary. Have a diary. I grew up in the early 2000s, or so 90s born. And at that time, it was all about being thin. I mean, they Mm. tried to convince us that Jessica Simpson was fat. And there's covers saying, fat whale, with a photo of her at the beach. Mm. And I'm growing up in that, and it's melting my little brain. The low-rise genes of it all coming back is absolutely... I'm triggered. triggered. It's triggered. It's traumatizing. Why are they bringing that back? Don't bring it back. Leave me alone. (laughs) It was really bad back then, though, and I constantly remember feeling awful. There was something wrong with me. Whereas now, you've got terms like body positivity... Um, you've got plus size models on runways, which literally only happened in the last like two years, which mm. is insane to me. But do you think that the conversation around fatness, weight, and the stigma is like tied to it? Do you think that it's improving for younger generations, or do you think that they're in for the same ride that we've had? I think there are huge industries involved in this, right? I mean, and you see it in media, you see it in policy, you see it, um, you know with medical professionals we're not even remotely there and hello it's not even in the human rights act like size discrimination so yeah you can be hopeful as much as you like but if we're not even at a point where we can acknowledge where we've gotten our facts wrong how can you say that it's changing Mm. Mm. man i was hoping for a slightly more positive answer but you are right 
I, I was mean, like, the kids are going to be okay, but they are wearing the low-rise jeans, and there are oh. those girls on TikTok with tiny waists who just stand there. And I was like, this is like Tumblr with the thigh gap situation. Yeah. It was awful, but they just stand there in their little tiny waists. And Please. it's also being weaponized by, you know, various industries, like the wellness industry. You know, if you do see, you know, plus-size models and body positivity, that's, you know, there's a certain type of fat woman that's... Yeah. Put out there. They still and have flat stomachs. That's the one thing I always oh, yeah. notice is there's these um, lot of plus size models. They wear the same size as me, which is a good. I'm like, oh, me and Ashley Graham, it should be the same size, everybody. Um, which Love is great, it. but they have that body shape, that flat stomach, that hourglass figure, the no ch- no fat around the jaw. Yep. They have all of those things that are still Fine unattainable. Features. Yeah, really, they still have those. They're just a mm. slightly larger, stretched out, essentially version of that and so it's kind of like it's great but i just want to see what the pants would look like on a tummy girl that's i just want to know oh I my just, come on i mean those low rises i mean low riders are a crime against humanity Agreed. like Burn God, them all, geez louise them. like just get rid of them anyway i'm being told to wrap up by boss van harry in there <laughs> um <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today no um, thank tell you. people where they can keep up with chewing the facts podcast and what can we expect from future episodes oh gosh it's gonna get meaty Uh, it's on uh, well if you want to check out everything I've got all the research in the show notes for all the haters so that's on dub 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 dot so it's chewingthefacts.com you know that's where you'll find everything but it's going to be wherever you get your podcasts so Spotify iHeartRadio et al you know (laughs) yeah Oh, but it's, you know... Type it into Googs. Yeah, so it's on the Herald as well. And thanks to New Zealand On Air. Thanks to New Zealand Who made this possible. Thank you for making this possible, as always. That was Sasha. Great chat. And then as soon as I said I wanted to be from the media, everyone here started laughing at me saying I am the media. But I meant the media that's, like, calling everyone fat. Not the media interviewing nice local artists and, like, (laughs) just being cute and funny. There's a difference. Big media, you know? Big Big big, media? (laughs) You know, Fake news, you know, as we like to say. Yeah. No, I'm talking about the media that called <laughs> Jessica Simpson a fat whale. That's the media. I'm to- I, they did, and it was really dark, and she looked fine. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. Moving on uh, to something, something even more important, uh, which is Celebrity Treasure Island, of course. Uh, Favourite show of New Zealand where sometimes there are celebrities and sometimes there's not. Mm. But this season they've just announced the lineup, and it's such a killer lineup. It's actually huge. It bangs. So I'm going to run you through some of the people uh, on here and get ready for a surprise at the end. So Blair Strang, actor, Courtney Dawson, Eli Matthewson, James Musterpick. Um, we've got Laura Daniel on there, Matilda Green, uh, Mel Homer, a um, whole lot of, you know, the people you'd usually expect from from Celeb Treasure. But we've also got Tame Iti. <laughs> National Treasure. <laughs> Former terrorist. As the government once... <laughs> Classified him on (laughs) On Celebrity Treasure Island. (laughs) New Zealand is so unserious as a place. At one point we said this guy was a terrorist and now we're like, nah, nah, he's all good. He's crack up. Put him on Celebrity Treasure Island. He's historically been funny. Like he is just like always had such a good sense of humor. Yeah. Like I I watched a lot of his, like he did like a bunch of lives. He was on Twitch. Did you know this? (laughs) No, I didn't. Yeah. He was on Twitch during um, uh, like COVID lockdowns and he was just like painting or chatting to other like prominent activists. And it was some of the funniest stuff I've ever heard. Like (laughs) that's the thing they get. They have their sports 
professionals, they've got their influencers, and then they've got their like stand-up comedians. And I'm like, yeah, Matua Tamiti, he's a bit of a mix of all of those. He is. A, and, he actually is. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's got all those qualities. Um, and also, like, he's got so much knowledge when it comes to the natural environment, and you know, they're going to put them in the middle of an island. So I'm like. That's the team that you want to be on because he's like got all the hacks. He's got all the Maori atua, like gods and goddesses, on his side. Papatuanuku, Tangaroa, they're all going to be on his side. So I'm like, if you want to make moves, try like join into Matua Tamaiti's team because oh, I would 100% he's going to get his stuff team. done. That's the, that's the guy you want on your side. He's not yeah. taking no for an answer. We know that. Yeah. And so, like, I'll jump on his side for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and I want it to be known. That I will, and hate is a strong word, and I'm using it purposefully here. I will hate to the grave anybody who goes against Tamiti on Celebrity Treasure Island. Well, they're gonna have the to. Bro, it's a but, team game. Hey, look, I just if I was if I was up against him, I'd just let him win, man. He yeah. needs a win. He's been through enough, man. Yeah. You, gotta yeah. let, you gotta let him have something. He's also like significantly older than the other people yeah. on the show. No beef on that. I think that actually gives him an edge. Yeah, I think because he, he could just go, I'm old, I can't run over there. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, all good, all good. Yeah. We got you. We got I think you. he's like in his 70s. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And drippy as all hell. Yeah, yeah. This man can dress to the nines, dude. I just imagine him on Celebrity Treasure Island in a suit, cane. He's got his hat on. <laughs> he's like, oh, look, I'll join you guys after I finish painting. And it's mm. just like, man. That's the guy. I love his bowler hat look so much. It's the coolest thing ever. And he just, I love, I I just, I think he's a fashion king. That is an icon of style right there. I mean, he's a creative, so fashion comes to him naturally. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I think everyone on Celebrity Treasure Island this season really has a cutout for them going up against the man, the myth, the legend, Tom Eatsy. He's my pick to win. You guys? Um, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, we'll be keeping you updated on Celeb Treasure because I'm going to watch this season. I'm in. They've got Just, me. Uh, yeah, they, they, look, their marketing team, like, usually I don't fall for adverts, but, like, yeah, I'm a sucker for Tommy. I'm, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sold. I'm sold. It's Tuesday, which means new music added to the Tahi playlist, the Tahi list on Spotify, as well as our website, tahi.fm. This week's featured artist, Evie, talk to me about Dick Move. Dick Move features artists this week. They're a band that I really like. They've got their album, Wet, coming out October. This is one of the songs off the album called Feel Better. There's another one called um, uh, Big Man, Small Tweet. Yeah, so that, yep. That's, um, a cool, that's a great name. It's great. No, Dick Move, one of the best band names I've ever heard. Mm. We've actually got Lucy from Dick Move coming in um, over the next couple of weeks to talk about the album with me. And I just can't wait to talk about, like, they're so good at naming shit. I'm so bad at coming up with a name, but, like, their song titles, their album titles, and their band names is, like, huge. Also, when I was, because uh, I uploaded the featured artist post on Instagram, and I was like, oh, i got to tag them. What's the band Instagram handle it's dick move dick pic yeah hell yeah like yeah. great at naming things amazing great Instagram <laughs> name as well but we've also got a whole bunch of other stuff on there as well not just dick move even though that would be enough for me but Ricky Reed and Muroki new song Karewa that's awesome yeah it's a great record I mean Muroki and Ricky Reed in the same room it's gonna be freaking good so I highly recommend that song um, Brooke and Stas, the O'Neill twins, you know them as dancers, huge international fame. Uh, they released a single a week or two ago. We finally got that one, All You Need. Um, we also got a ton of local hip hop from the likes of Dead Forest and Church, Valley Side Boys, uh, Chase Woods, Idol Essence, which is great. New Gracie Moller. Oh, uh, if you're a pop girly, yeah. if you are a pop girly, 
You've got to get into Gracie Moore. She's like, obviously, like she's transcending a little bit out of being like pop girly. Like mm. she's definitely like got some new ideas coming through, but she is an awesome, awesome, awesome pop girly. She's great. Mm. Yeah, real excited that she's got another single out. And, and I'm looking forward to more, to be honest. Yeah, Gracie Moore. And she's just lovely. She's a real sweetheart. Yeah, uh, she's yeah, great. Yeah. She's so nice. And yeah. Nah, she's... I, I don't know why I'm, like, smiling so hard. I just really like her. I think she's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Again, all of that new music and more has been added to the Tahid list on Spotify. Make sure you... I think you add... You, do you follow playlists on Spotify? I think that's the terminology. Um, follow that playlist on Spotify, the Tahid list, to check out all of our new music. Or streaming 24-7 on the website, tahid.fm. Check that out while we get back into it. Father's Day went down over the weekend, and I have a strange relationship with Father's Day. Not because, like, my father's not present. He's present. He's all right. Uh, he's a pretty cool dude. But because both my father and my grandfather are, like, they're quite suave dudes. Like, you know, like, my 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 father's, like, well-dressed. He's well-presented. He's very charming. My grandfather, on the other hand, handsome. That man is... He was... To this day, I look at him and I just think that is a handsome man. Like, I remember even when he was really sick, not too long before he passed away, I was talking about this. Like, he's out on the deck, he's in his, he's, he's ironed his pajamas, he's combed his hair, he's got his gold watch on, he's got his gold chain, and he sat there cross legged, sipping a cup of tea. And he is just gorgeous. Mm. Father's Day comes around, I post a photo on my Instagram. Happy Father's Day, Granddad. Happy Father's Day, Dad. And you know what I get? I get girls going, man, your granddad could get it. Like, it's very <laughs> weird, man. You ask all the all the women in our family, because, like, most of my family is, like, all of my cousins, they were all dudes. Um, so a lot of uh, the women in our, in our family have been brought into the family through marriage. And all of them. Ask any of them. They say granddad could get it. I don't want to be weird, but since you brought this up, like the pic you posted of your dad on Instagram. He looked like, pretty good. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, I you was know, like, like. He looked good. Yeah. I didn't want to say anything, make you uncomfortable. My dad has but that, I did like. note, like, oh, so it's got a hot dad. Yeah, yeah, my dad's got, like, that sort of, like, gruff, sort of, like, rough neck, sort of. Hand, like that, like sort of rough handsomeness. Yeah, he's like, giving accidentally handsome. I don't have to put in too much work. Yeah, but like very manly vibes. Yeah, and then uh, this yeah, one photo, manly vibes. Like. My dad is that though. Like you know, like uh, like true story. My dad punched the banana tree down one time. True. Like yeah, with his bare fists. Like he just punched the <laughs> banana tree down. And I remember thinking like yeah, that's 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 what girls think that's attractive. Like I was like I was like ten years old. I was like. I'm going to do that one day. I'm going to impress my wife. I'm just going to punch a banana tree down. And my granddad just being like the suave dude that he is. Like I looked at photos of him and it's like thirties and that this dude was fly as all hell. So yeah. Uh, Father's day, a little bit of a weird day. Cause, cause I just get messages from girls being like, yeah. Weird day for me for totally different reasons. Um, no, <laughs> do you, wanna, no. you don't want to elaborate? No. I think it's pretty obvious, like, based on my vibes that, like, my yeah. dad's not around. Oh, <laughs> but also, when was Father's Day? Sunday. Sunday. Father's Day? Sunday. Sunday? It's Sunday. When? Sunday. Father's Day? Father's Sunday. Father's Day's on Sunday. Sunday? Last Sunday. Father's Day. Is on Sunday. 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 Ask me what my five biggest fears are. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Um, Evie, what are your... Uh, top five biggest fears thanks for asking so i have actually You're been welcome. thinking about this coincidentally so um top five fears for me number one ghosts number two the dark 
-hmm. Number three, being alone. Mm -hmm. Number four, being alone in the dark with ghosts. Number five, whales. I think whales are too big. Yeah, I need a, more of an explanation on whales. They're too big. Um, to me, they are sea monsters. They are mm. way too big. I am scared of them, and they are getting organised, and I don't like that They're at all, organized. you know? Uh, for me, I'm, like, happy to leave them over there in mm. their area in the water, and also over here in my area. You guys do you. I'll do me. No disrespect to Cousin Keisha Castle Hughes. I'm not going to ride a whale. Mm. I'm not interested, no, regardless of circumstance. Mm. It's just not something... It's not a choice I would make. Mm. So I don't really like them. Um, and I figure if they have beef with that, if there are whales listening to this, come fight me on land. See what happens then. See what happens then. I'm not going to come down and fight you in your space. I'm going to leave you to it. Because I don't want to disrespect you. I'm not going to come down there. But if you want to come up here and you want to have a problem with me having a problem with you as a whale, you can't breathe up here, girl. You can't breathe up here. Is that is that is that less than any particular order? Yeah, so that would be the order. So that's like... Like whales are number one. No, no. Number one would be ghosts. Okay. Number two, the dark. Number three, being alone. Number four, being alone in the dark with a ghost. Mm. And number five, a whale. So I suppose technically my overall biggest fear would be being alone in a dark room with a giant ghost whale. I wouldn't like that at all. Ghost whale. I wouldn't like that at all. Ghost whale. Because how scary would that be? Like the whale sounds, but like Mm. ghostly, like, ooh, but it's like a ghost. That would do me in. That would do me. Um, Spookers need to add a new attraction where it's um, water-based horror. Bruh, I am scared of the water. I think mm. that's what it really like. No, I like to swim in the ocean and mm. I like to swim in a pool, but like the idea of the deep ocean mm. and like all the crazy shit down there that we don't even know about and the whales, I'm not interested. Giant squid, get out of here! Like no way, never could be. Even a small one. The way they move freaks me out. Mm. And I don't like a puffer fish either. What's going on with that? What's up with that? You know What's the, up um, with that? The, the fat ass in me, like, really just wants to try giant squid calamari. But it's like the size like, of your head? Yeah. Just, like, imagine you go to hibachi and they, like, four or five chefs carry out this one piece of calamari. You gotta got me there. Right? You gotta got me there. Right? Have you seen the, the giant squid at, at Te Papa in Wellington? I think I have. Yeah. Oh, wait, and it's, like, epoxied? Yeah, it's not yeah. looking It's not looking great. Yeah. Yeah, when, when it first got there, we were very excited. We had a look. Mm. It looked it looked like a squid. These days, it's not... It's not looking... It's not looking too hot. No too beef on Te Papa. I love Te Papa. I love Te Papa. Do mm. not get me wrong. The Auckland Museum could never. But, like, it's not... It's all sewn up. It's little mm. beaks looking real weird. And, like, I don't like that they have a little beak. What's yeah. that about? What's up with that? I think it's always weird when it's like, oh, look at this jellyfish. It has teeth. I don't like jellyfish yeah. either. Yeah, oh, so. I don't know about them. They've got no brain, mm. and they're just floating around in there. First of all, jealous. Second of all, don't come near me. I feel like you could fill a hundred, like, fears out just based off your fear of aquatic Yeah, I don't life. like aquatic. I, I do like some of the ocean. Have you been Kelly Tartans? Yeah, I've been Kelly Tartans one time. Yeah. It was all right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, nothing heaps to report from that. No beef on Kelly Tartans. But not scared of Kelly Tartans. Okay. Not scared of that. Not scared of the zoo. I just don't like zoos because, again, I don't like giraffes because they are also too big. Mm, so that's what mm, I'm scared of. That's mm. what keeps me up at night. Ghost whales, giraffes. I'm allergic to shrimp, so sometimes that. <laughs> 
I'm not laughing at your allergy. I'm not laughing at your allergy. Nah, I'm not laughing laugh at, your at allergy. it. It's stupid. Manuel Suifu, welcome to the Tahi. Joining me on the show today, I have the incredible sibling duo, the Mitis, Sunny and Tiana. Um, thank you so much for coming all the way up from Wellington, joining mm, us today. You didn't just come up to see us, but thank I'd you. like to say you did. Um, so uh, you're doing a bit of a press tour today for the release of your single, See You Again. Mm-hmm. Um, the first single re- released on streaming platforms, at least, of you as the Mitis. Um, it's country music. Now, I know Samoans love country. I, 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 they love country. Do you know how fun it was to introduce Radio New Zealand to Mr. Cowboy? It was like, <laughs> they're like, Samoans like country music? Yeah. I was like, you have no idea. It's like, people think it's just reggae or hip hop, yeah, yeah. but country music's in there. What was it for you growing up? How did that sort of love for country music come about? Well, um, like the first time we ever heard country music was. Um, I think it's just one of my earliest memories of listening to music. And at that time, we didn't realise, you know, it was something different like country music. Mm. Um, Yeah, but that would have been just a regular Saturday morning, everyone in the household with my mum cleaning while she's blasting her cassette tapes Mm. of Johnny Cash, Glenn Campbell, you know, blasting out those old tunes. So, yeah, I mean, even in school, um, you know, I don't think... At that age, we realise, you know, um, we actually, our parents listen to country music mm. because in school you want to be cool and, you know, whatever's playing then and there is a cool thing to listen to. So, mm. I mean, we did get <laughs> mocked quite a bit in oh, school, really? yeah, for singing country music. Yeah, but you know, that's when kids don't really know yeah, anything. Kids don't, yeah, yeah, and yeah, they're yeah. mean. <laughs> yeah, because like, I, I don't know, it was, it was so normal growing up. It was like, I don't know, my, my grandfather and my dad had like a weird fascination with like cowboys. Like cowboys and country music like yeah, yeah. they own cowboy boots like granddad named one of his children one of my uncles after a cowboy my dad named me after a cowboy and i was just like so i just assumed Love it was that. normal so he yeah, yeah, yeah. got bullied for it it's outrageous like mm. um but obviously you didn't go did you did you so i mean i'm sort of judging off of that experience you had in primary school and things like that did you take a step away from country music for a period of time or did you keep going with it it's in school we kind of at the time, we kind of had no choice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I see. It was yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. do you know, we were just kind of rolling with what mum and dad mm. were telling us to do at the oh, time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it was more like just down the track where you, um, you kind of look back on your experiences. Um, like, I feel like, um, I feel like me and Tiana, this was after school, by the way, we mm. kind of, that's when we kind of, um, took a step back from country music um, and I, f- I feel like we needed that time just to kind of uh, experience life a bit more mm-hmm. um, so yeah we did that for a few years and um, now we've just come full circle and just we're just back home now mm-hmm. and you know original music is something my dad had, was always trying to push for us mm-hmm. so um I think the timing's just just right now mm. yeah. for us to yeah. It definitely sounds like that in your latest single. It it, it sounds well crafted. Like it, it's 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 it Thanks. doesn't feel mm. unnatural that you're doing country. It feels mm. like it's something that you've been doing for your whole life, which you have. Mm. Um, uh, but you suddenly coming from reggae with Brown Hill, <laughs> coming yeah. back to country. Are there any similarities between? Are there like, is there anything that reggae and country share in common? I feel like um, country music's just a good, like, bass genre mm. to have up your sleeve. 
um, because I don't think people realise that um, it's just everything's the same like the melody and the structure of the song it's just the groove you put under the song mm, that's, mm. that's different um, but yeah I mean even reggae when I was jamming reggae that was a new experience for yeah, me too yeah. you know it's like this it's like you've just taken someone here and you know just chuck them in into this scene <laughs> um but yeah nah um country has always been a it's it's a good bass runner to, to have up your sleeve mm. when you're yeah, yeah. so it like really adds to your musical talent right is that what you're saying like yeah like it's a good skill set to have mm. up your arsenal mm. yeah because yeah, yeah. it um it just leaks into all the other um genres yeah yeah mm. I, 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 it's interesting seeing I, I, I suppose like a recent example is an artist like Post Malone who bro sort of, that guy yeah, yeah. like, like hip hop country <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. rock he's just fused yeah. it all like, now yeah, 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 yeah like yeah. it's kind of hard to like put um, him in one box cause yeah, like yeah. sometimes I'm like this is a country record but then like mm. even like halfway through a song there's just like a beat just flip, flip, and then it's yeah, like oh this yeah, is yeah. rock again like yeah, yeah. but I think it's cool like being able to showcase to people outside of our community like we can yeah, do more stuff it. and you've really nailed it with the single see you again um Thanks, debut man. single on streaming platforms talk to me a bit about this song uh this song um i read about our uh grandpa mm. passed away about oh, ten, eight years ago something mm. like that uh about f- i wrote this like five years ago and this just came to me um at a time when i was kind of just like reflecting on my life mm and all the milestones I'd hit and I was just kind of thinking to myself um, man it would have been cool to have um, you know grandpa there to kind of see all the um, all these milestones mm. and just kind of celebrate with them um, but yeah the song um, pretty much just talked what's what's one of your biggest fears I want to know one of yours honestly I'm just gonna because it transitions really well into our next subject and it's one of my biggest fears the Terminator fair play fair like play. robots taking over because sometimes I just think my computer knows too much about me. Oh yeah. You know, like it just feel. Do do you, like? You know, ever since I've met you, my TikTok is all about trains, and in particular that one place in uh, China. Yeah. The Chongqing city. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's oh, I gotta all, go. I yeah. gotta go. Yeah, I gotta yeah. go. I'm so, upset. Yeah, that. Nah. I'm like almost certain that the robots are listening to me. Obsessed with that rail network. Obsessed with their motorway network. I yeah, gotta go. Gotta get me over there. And this is one of those things that worries me because I've never searched for trains. My phone is listening to me, and it's like we're gonna talk about the train. I'm probably gonna get a message after this. It's gonna like call me. My phone's gonna be like, don't talk about that again. You know, every time you send me one of those train videos, I think to myself, you really think I haven't already seen this one girl? Yeah. So I stopped <laughs> sending them to you because I was like, I'm sure Evie's already sending them to I'm me. I'm across it. I'm across it. But the AI scares me in particular because like AI is like this big new thing. AI, we're big fans of being afraid of it on the tight. Mm. Um. Pack and save. What? A national treasure, one of the great pillars of our society, uh, recently launched the Savvy Meal Bot, uh, powered by OpenAI technology, utilizing ChatGPT. Uh, the Pack and Save initiative Savvy Meal Bot, uh, you put in your leftover food that you have in your house, you can like chuck in, like, these are the things that I have in my house. And the AI will shoot back... Uh, some recipes to ensure that there's no waste and what started off is probably a really good idea 
has divulged, evolved, devolved into something nightmare fuel worthy. It started spitting out um, like how to guides on how to make like chlorine gas. Whoa! Like it's Pack insane. The AI was like, oh, do you have bleach? <laughs> Put the bleach on the noodles. Yeah, yeah. No, and it has. It started like what started off as something that was probably like a really good initiative has like the the AI has lost its plot and it's like, you know you you need to add bleach to the stew. Or you need you know what you need to do? You need to add dishwashing surge detergent and by the way, do you have any fertilizer around your house or something do you like that? You need like Roundup? Yeah, like do you got any polystyrene and gas? Like you know oh like my Yeah, God. the pack and save Okay, it hasn't done that, but it has made it has made chlorine gas. And it has shot bleach into a few recipes. This isn't Pack and Save's fault. This is the robots. I'm telling you, we shouldn't be trusting AI. I don't think Pack and Save should have ever gotten involved with robots. I think that AI was... just feels like a bad idea in general. Because, like, no, but if, if you're a brand, AI is risky. Because it is quite literally a mind of its own. I'm really scared that there's going to be an AI that, like, copies my whole vibe and there's just an AI version of me on the internet that's, like, more popular than me. Mm. I know that sounds narcissistic, but, like, imagine there was just, like, a weird little 3D avatar that was just like you being like, oh, I'm scared of whales. Mm. You know? Like, I'd be like, what? But I'm kind of pumped about the robot revolution because I, I want to teach a robot to love. Do, do they not know how to... I don't think so. I think that's like a human trait that we're born with. But you know, like, oh, there's all those stories and all their movies, like, iRobot, where the robot is dreaming and he's got, like, morals and stuff now and then Will Smith is like, what's going on with this robot? I want to be Will Smith (laughs) in that scenario. I just want to be Will Smith in general. I don't. Oh, yeah, maybe not lately. Maybe not lately. Like, ten years ago, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, so the the AI is harming us, and if your girlfriend goes, I got this really good recipe online, don't. I'm gonna gonna put everything in my house into the the count, the pack and save AI, and I'm gonna see what it, I'm gonna cook it, and I'm gonna bring it in, and you have to eat a bit. No. No, but like... Just like, like, no. Yeah, but for content. For content. But it's funny. It'll be funny. Risk my life. Yeah. Like, like... <laughs> like, I, I, I don't get paid badly, but I don't get paid enough to eat a recipe that an AI that has made chlorine gas has, has created. I don't think we should put that much faith in it. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. Um, the robots, yeah. they're taking over. Beware. Be ready. Stock your car, you have a get home bag, and um, turn off your cell phones. Make a plan to teach the robot to love. Make a plan to kill every robot you've ever met. That includes your microwave. Oh no. That's about all the time we have for today's show, but I'm sure we're all curious to hear. How has your first week been, Why Mitty Dung? Good question. First week, okay, I was, I'll admit, I was exhausted on yeah. Friday because it's my first time doing, I guess, like, even though I don't work here on Wednesdays because I've got my TDL course, it was my first time in ages doing like a full week of mahi. I've been quite mm. cruisy in the in like the beginning of this year, so I was exhausted. But I'm super grateful to have a really nice team. Everyone here is real nice. 
Like, oh, like, well, are they? <laughs> who told you to say that? Did HR tell you to say that? I haven't got to know everyone yet. There might still be some bad ones floating around. <laughs> people that have been around have been real nice. Yeah, yeah. I know that's good. I'm glad, yeah. you think, I'm glad you think everyone's nice. Yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a surprising, surprising news. <laughs> we're making it sound like everyone's, we're just joking around. Yeah. People are nice. Yeah, like, people are nice, yeah. Sometimes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's up for a chat. You know? Oh, they, if there's one thing this office loves, it's a yarn. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we're working. Yeah. The, Radio. Yeah. The, but the funny thing is that where the tahi desks are situated, everyone just gravitates towards. That's what I noticed. People mm. gravitate towards tahi because it's like the cool the people cool want it, who talk. <laughs> it's the people who talk while they're at work. Like everyone's yeah. like, if, if people feel like a yarn, they're like, I know who loves a chat. And then that person in particular is Evie. Yeah, I was about to say, like, it's definitely me. Yeah. <laughs> People walk past and like, what are you doing? Do you hear about Britney Spears? Yeah, <laughs> And yeah. whenever someone sees, like, anything happen in pop culture and they don't know what it is, they wander down and they're like, hey, Evie, what's this? And I'm like, okay, so that is Selena Gomez. And then it's yeah. like, let's go from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great corner to be in. No, I think we were all pretty happy to have you on the team. You've, yeah, you've been thanks. all right. I felt very welcomed. And... I have a desk by the window. I thought that's like what you, you get when a, you're like, you've made it. Yeah, you got a good desk. So you have you made it. I was grateful to show up and be like, oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, There's you got the nice the desk. Face. You got the nicest laptop on the team. I do have a you good laptop. You got a laptop. work phone? I have a work phone. And you got taken out for a Teams Day all in your first week. Yeah. I didn't get any of that. That was yeah. my first Teams Day. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh, if we don't count a farewell. Well, no, <laughs> and we, we, had, we did have other Teams Day, but you joined on the computer. What Teams Day was that? When we went to that thing at the other place. I don't even remember. I was crying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, that's right. I had COVID. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but that wasn't like a fun Teens Day, was it? No, I had fun. Like, fun. I love crying. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for you. I Everyone genuinely think yeah, that. Yeah, crying is cleansing. It's true. Like, I think that, like, a lot of men, no, I'm, it <laughs> makes me sad. Like, don't cry enough. Mm. If you feel any emotion, just shut a door and cry for five minutes. Mm. It always works. If I'm, like, all worked up and I'm stressed out, I'll watch one video of a cute dog that will get me to tear up, mm. and then I just let it all out. Yeah. And it feels so good afterwards because you just like got rid of it mm. but you can't bottle it up no. you can't. I, just, I, I just do what every man does and I punch a brick wall until my hands bleed and don't then, do that and at least punch just, down a banana tree oh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gotta show you it actually it's on YouTube I don't want to tell anyone what it is because like also it was like like this is this this stays between us and people that listen to the end of the podcast. My parents divorced around that time and like people were commenting on my dad's video going like him and his wife separated. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, they're just punching down a coconut tree and people are like, like beefing with them in the comments that's on YouTube. so <laughs> funny. So bad. But yeah, my dad, um, and, and that, that was worse because we just like pulled over in a random village and dad like punched down some poor Samoan's banana tree and then we, and then he's like, and he's like, all right, get back in the car. Get so what, the car. did the bro go pull over? I'm going to get this tree, get the camera out. So dad was doing, because dad used to be a boxer back in the day and he did like a corporate mm. charity fight with Monty Beetham um, and he was raising money and he was like, that was one of the ways he wanted to raise money was to like get people, like he was like, I'll punch down a banana tree. And then it actually, it, it made his opponent so afraid that they tried to contest the fight and say that they shouldn't fight because they were like, Tyler just punched down a fucking banana tree. Like, what? I thought he wanted the bananas. I thought that was why oh, he no, was no, 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 okay. no. Okay. No. That's all good. He didn't, he didn't want there. there was, we, we, he punched it down and we left. It was oh. pure vandalism. 
Didn't even get the bananas. Didn't even get the bananas. I was thinking that as well. Yeah, I, was I was like, well, like, at least you guys can like make some banana loaves. Some bananas, no. yeah. No, you just pure aggression, pure masculinity, just at mm. its most toxic. I, I think that if he just had cried that day, <laughs> <laughs> he may he not have wanted to do out. that. Well, that's us for today. Thank you so much for tuning on into the Tahi. We will be back Thursday with more Tongue and Week, uh, Tongue and Language Week celebrations, more illustrious guests, and more funnies. Uh, any last words, ladies? Have a cry. I agree. Till fast we four. Cockades. <laughs> <laughs>